Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight Solo Shudder Review Edition. This is the third episode of these I've done, which means it's going well. Uh, but I'm here today to talk about another Shudder exclusive, as I do on these. And I'm looking at Lingering, which is the newest one at the time of recording that has appeared on Shudder. as a Korean film, uh, which is also known as Hotel Lake. In fact, it seems to be known as Hotel Lake on just about everywhere except Shudder. <laughs> Um, IMDB tells me Hotel Lake is the title in every other region, but Lingering is the US title, and because Shudder, despite the fact that I am watching on Shudder UK, it still has the US title, so Lingering is what it is called on there, and given that the whole premise of this series is that we're doing Shudder exclusives, Lingering is the main title, but Hotel Lake is also uh, a title. But anyway, so I'll start spoiler free, as I often do uh, on here, and this is probably going to be a relatively short episode, because I don't know how much I have to really say on this film. Uh, the basic premise is that the main character of Yumi, who is a young woman who is struggling to get on her feet, you know, she's looking for a job, that kind of thing. We don't really see that, we just hear that. Uh, the movie opens with her being informed of her mother's death, and that she is now the 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 caregiver of her younger sister uh, a younger sister that she barely knows uh, her mother and father divorced when she was young and her younger sister is a child that her mother had with a with a different father you know and another relationship much much later the younger sister is you know like seven years old or something like that and she's you know in her 20s and she's saddled with this and immediately it's very clear that she doesn't really want to look after her younger sister she has no relationship with her and she tries to argue against it and is basically told that ah foster care is a terrible idea because your younger sister has some uh, issues she acts out she lies uh, there's some evidence that she was abused in some way and she is now burdened with this she chooses to take her younger sister to a hotel that is ran by a friend of her mother's who she refers to as auntie even though she isn't actually her biological aunt and plans to leave her sister there under her care. Uh, although Auntie kind of encourages her to stay for a little while, uh, the hotel is not operational. It is, it's not run down or anything. It's actually quite slick looking as a hotel. If anything, I'm, it's hard to believe just how good looking this hotel is given that it's not operating right now. Uh, but it's just her and one like maid who works there who are kind of maintaining it just now because it's in the off season. And they're invited to stay there and that's basically where the movie plays out is at this hotel creepy stuff happens there's some ghostly things going on there's some supernatural elements maybe the ghost of her dead mother maybe not and there's a mystery that the, the flashbacks and things as the movie goes on unravels and it ultimately reveals what really happened uh to her mother who as far as you know we don't really know this early on but as the movie goes on it's heavily implied that her mother uh committed suicide in the hotel um, and I'll leave it there for spoilers just now. But there's more to it and there's more that happens as we as we go. Um, this is a tough one for me because I, I really wanted to like it. Like Early on, I, I, there was a lot of positive things I thought from the outset in that it's a fairly pretty movie. Not not overly stylish, but fairly pretty in that it, it's not obnoxiously looking. It's nice and bright and vivid during the day. The dark scenes look really dark and kind of broody. Uh, there's a couple of good creepy shots here or there, but there's also some really annoying, I mean, there's not a lot of them. I don't want to say this is a jump scare movie because there's not actually that many. There's one or two that weren't that great, 
but for the most part, it's not quite that. Um, and I thought the direction was fairly solid. It was, you know, early scenes were giving me a nice slow pacing of getting to know the, the, the main couple of characters. Unfortunately, as the movie went on, the problems with its script and the problems with its pacing kind of became more and more apparent. Uh, the the film is just really slow. And I don't necessarily think it's actually that slow in the grand scheme of things. It's just, it feels really slow because what's happening isn't that engaging. If it was actually, if I actually cared about the characters, if I was actually getting invested in the story as it was going, I think the slow pacing would be fine. I think the slow burn nature of the story unraveling and revealing things and just having little scares here or there and some moody stuff here, that would be fine. The problem is, is that as the movie goes on, you realize more and more that you don't really care about the mystery, you don't really care about the characters or what's happening. Despite the fact that I really wanted to, the movie just never really gave me anything to really go on. And the the, the themes that it's playing with are quite obvious. Like, you have this, uh, this young woman, Sumi, sorry, Yumi, uh, who is very clearly like been neglected by her mother and has a lot of resentment there. And now she's been saddled with now being the mother figure for this new kid. And, you know, the irony being that in being standoffish and being someone who doesn't want to care for her is essentially giving her new younger sister the same experience that she might have had when she was a kid. Maybe not the exact same, but you can see the parallels that are there. You can see the... You can see what it's trying to do in terms of her arc, in terms of like, you know, you assume that by the end of the movie, you know, one way or the other, she's going to care about the well-being of her little sister. Uh, whether that means it's a happy ending where she goes to live happily ever after with her, or it's a really sad ending where she cries her eyes out because her little sister has met her demise or something. And um, that's what I was thinking early on, is, you know, regardless of what the fates of the characters are, if they are all going to die, then she's going to care about it before she dies. And if they don't die, then it's going to end with them you know, wanting to be together and, you know, give us some kind of happy moral or lesson or emotional arc for them. The biggest problem with the film, though, is that by the time we hit the halfway point, it starts to use a lot of gimmicks. And more gimmicks in the script, more gimmicks in the storytelling than gimmicks in the direction. And it's it, it's, it does suffer from one of my biggest tropes, one of my biggest, most hated pet peeves, of modern horror is the waking up from the previous scene as if it was a nightmare which is bad enough on its own but then the added wrinkle that i really hate is when it kind of still happened anyway and it actually does that like a few times in a row around the halfway or just get into sort of the the the, the start of the last third kind of in that range of the movie and when it starts doing that it legitimately started to get very confusing and not because the plot itself was actually complicated. Once things became a bit clearer later on, it was actually kind of clear just what was real and what wasn't. But there was legitimately scenes for a little portion of the film where I didn't actually know if certain plot points had happened or if it was just in a character's head or if it was just like a supernatural dream or something like that. And I got really confused to the point where when one of the plot points that did happen that I thought hadn't been real was brought up again when you know when it was mentioned in a later scene and they said hey this thing's going on i was like oh wait that's actually happening oh okay all right <laughs> I, I guess i guess that scene those scenes were real and it was just the scenes that took place after and before that weren't it got really absurdly confusing uh confusing in a way that i don't think it was supposed to be 
and in a way that was not satisfying. It wasn't like I was watching a mystery that was kind of like psychological. It was just kind of uh, disjointed. It was tough to kind of engage with what was going on. And on the, maybe the biggest problem is that the mystery itself is just not that interesting. There's actually some tell signs, kind of relatively early on, maybe about a third of the way through, what where it's going and what the ultimate ending is going to be. And it's not really that satisfying once it happens. There's a couple of creepy shots. I mean, the movie completely lost me by the past... You know, by, by the time it got to the back 30 minutes, I was completely... Like, I knew I didn't like it. I knew it was, wasn't going to recover from all the faults that it had by that point. Uh, which was a shame, because it's not a mess. It's not like a, a complete train wreck of a film. I don't think it's that bad. It's just not that good either. Uh, it's trying to be in some ways, but it just isn't ever that engaging. And that's almost more heartbreaking than when I watch something like Blood Vessel. At least Blood Vessel has stupid things to talk about. This, for the most part, doesn't. It just has some confusing choices in its structure and the way it presents some scenes. And ultimately, uh, a, a very dull mystery that never really actually is all that, like, tantalizing. It's, it's just whatever. It's like... Uh, as, as it starts to reveal these little things and it starts showing you these little flashbacks that, I guess the biggest thing is that like a lot of Asian horror from the early 2000s it has that thing where towards the end it'll have like a sequence of flashbacks that are kind of strung together that are very emotional they'll be desaturated and it's essentially giving you the big scenes or the big incident that, that led to everything that's going on and it's supposed to be emotional and somewhat shocking and I just didn't really feel anything from it. it I, I just, if I, I felt what I just told you. I felt, oh, hey, this is kind of like the end of these other Asian horror movies. And for the most part, they they never really, other than the one or two big examples where the movies were that good, and it did have this big kind of payoff. And But for the most part, a lot of the horror you saw at that time period were just kind of like ripping off the one or two big examples. And as a result, it just kind of reminded me of you know, 2004, 2005, when I was watching more horror movies from this part of the world, even Korea specifically, I think I watched like Into the Mirror, and I watched Phone, and a couple other things, and it reminded me of those in that it was trying to like ride the wave of those films, but ultimately it was just kind of unsatisfying, and not terrible, neither of those movies was that bad, they just weren't that great either, they were just kind of boring, they were kind of dull. And this film feels like it fits, but it belongs in that, despite the fact that it's a 2020 movie. <laughs> so, it just, yeah, it feels like a relic of a of a time gone by. And when it wasn't, and especially in the same sense that it wasn't like a train wreck from the start, or, I mean, it's never a train wreck, that's, that's unfair. But in, the, but in the same way that it felt like, oh, this could be good for the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes, where I'm kind of, okay, you're slowly interested in me things. Direction feels fairly confident. Nothing. There's no huge red flags happening. Is this this progressing well enough? And I'm kind of intrigued, but much like those films, they kind of just start to unravel in quality or in interest, and not in a good way. Where I, I'm just as the movie's going on, I'm getting less and less interested in what it's about. Uh, the story is by far the the biggest problem with some of those movies. And I think it is here too, unfortunately. Because, I mean, you know, the, the, the main couple of actors are fine. They're not bad by any means. And like I say, I think the direction is confident enough. I think the visuals are, are decent enough. Uh, it's just a shame that ultimately the, the story is not that good. And when it gets to the big beats, it's not that exciting. So 
Um, I'll leave it there for spoiler free. I'll go into spoilers here. Um, I should thank our Patreon producers though for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are all $20 or more patrons at patreon.com slash TV, and that gets their name read out on some of the shows like that. And at the end of the videos, you'll see it in the nice big bold text. But you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month, and you get some bonus features for that. You get some bonus episodes of some of the shows. You get voting rights at $5 as well as early access for some stuff, including these solo Shudder reviews. I put these out a day early on Patreon. So go and have a look and see if you want to support us. Uh, with some monies if you can't no don't feel too bad you can hit the like button the like button on youtube is it's annoyingly important <laughs> because i hate having to shill and say hey go hit the like button but it does actually matter in youtube's system and recommending videos and things like that so uh please do that uh but hey so spoilers then for lingering aka hotel lake <sighs> I mean, I'm not going to say I got every detail of this because I was kind of bored and zoning out. I was cracking some really silly jokes towards the end. I, I was very quiet in the first half because I was really paying attention to all the subtitles and I was really, you know, keep keeping things going. And if you don't know this, I actually watched this with a live audience um, over on Mailfuzz TV Live. It's the other channel that's just for live streams. If you go over there, every week I'll, I'll you know, the, the day varies. It tends to be a Monday, Tuesday or Thursday. I'll, I'll watch the movie on Shudder with uh, people uh, who've synced up and watching along with me. And I was very quiet for the first half of this because I was paying attention to the subtitles, because there was a lot of dialogue, and... You know, I was I was trying to give it the, 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 the real chance to, to win me over. And by the time we got to the last 20 minutes, I was just making silly, stupid jokes about pirates and all sorts. There's a pirate kid in this. <laughs> there's, a guy with a, there's, a, there's a teenager with an eye patch who... The main character, Yumi, just kind of bumps into at one point when she's running around outside. And then later on, uh, she sees him again. And it turns out that he has, like, psychic powers or something. He, But he has psychic powers in his other eye. So he's got an eye patch over one eye. And he goes to the hotel. And he basically just moves the eye patch to the other eye. And then he whips out a cane. Because now he's, he can't see because he's covered his one good eye. But this eye lets him see other things <laughs> it never really explains it I, I just kind of assumed all this from what was happening he seemed to uh, be able to communicate with the ghosts and, and whatnot that was kind of a weird little thing there's, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where it just does things uh especially in the last like 30 or 40 minutes where it, it just sort of goes down this path the big plot points though is that you know the the the, the mother's because the mother stayed here for a while before she died of course and her room's kind of creepy and the kid ends up, keeps going in there and the kid keeps saying she's seeing things. But ultimately, the plot really gets going when the kid disappears. Like the kid, like, she bonds a little bit with her big sister. Uh, Yumi takes her to a, like a fairground and like she's on the carousel and yada yada yada. Um, and that stuff's all fine, but she she eventually goes missing. And this is the, this is the plot point that I wasn't sure was real because... Yumi basically makes the choice. She's she's offered a job. Uh, the auntie offers her a job to stay at the hotel. And hey, why don't you get a job here? You need a job. Why don't you stay here? You can help raise your sister and you can help run the hotel. You know, you can have a, a decent job here. And that night, Yumi, not wanting to commit to any of this, uh, tries to flee. She leaves a note and just rides into the night. And she actually turns back because she, because she gets a phone call that 
the little sister has disappeared, that maybe she's been kidnapped or something, and the police are getting involved and all sorts. And that all sounds fine, like, in terms of plot, right? Okay, that's understand, easy to understand and whatnot. But it did this thing where she woke up as if it was a nightmare. And then there's a scene where she goes out to the, the, the fairground as if she's looking for her, and she thinks she sees her, and a couple of creepy moments happen, and then she wakes up as if it was a nightmare again. And then she's, like, on an IV drip, as if Auntie's, you know, pumping her with drugs. And then she goes into another room and has, like, a weird meeting with the the other character who I'll talk about properly in a minute. But that other character ends up committing suicide, seemingly. And she has this weird scene where she's just, like, spouting nonsense. She's got, like, this monologue where she just talks to the main character. And, all, and then, at the end of this, though, when she finds her dead body, like, hanging from, you know, in the bathroom of one of the, uh, one of the hotel rooms, the police show up, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is real? And then they casually mention that the, the, the girl's still missing, I'm like, oh, wait, so the, the daughter is still, that was real. The daughter did disappear, or the sister did disappear, I mean. So, I got really confused. I, I, I got confused for, there's a portion of this movie here, where because she kept waking up as if the previous scene was a nightmare, and because a couple of these sections had like a kind of a, a dreamlike quality, I wasn't sure what, which parts were real and which weren't. And it kind of turned out that almost all of them are real, except maybe the sequence where she goes to the fairground and sees like creepy, like sees like her dead mother sort of standing there or whatever. Um, so that was kind of weird, and I wasn't really sure. And that, that, honestly, that's where the movie properly lost me, because at that point I really didn't care anymore about what was going on because it was just being. It was being kind of annoying, honestly, is the best way to sum it up. Yeah, the other, the character who seemingly commits suicide here, although we find out later, it definitely wasn't suicide, Um, she's kind of been this disgruntled, like, she's the, the maid who works here, and she's always drinking, she's always drunk, she's always been very bitter and making comments. We, we learned that she divorced and lost her job, and she's been in a really bad place. Uh, but that's kind of her ending, and you know, the big reveal, of course, at the end of the film is that Auntie herself is a is a murderer, and she she killed uh, Yumi's mum. She killed uh, the maid. She she's killed plenty of previous people who have stayed here, and she kind of like preserves them in the wall. Kind of not quite taxidermy, but kind of she 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 has one. She has like her own son who died, who seemed to be the trigger for all this. Her son being, uh, you know, his death seems to be the trigger that kind of set her off on this path, and. There's kind of a big hint towards this earlier on the film where she talks about, like, she she takes, like, roses and drowns them, but then paints them and sort of turns them into, like, fake, like, you know, like a fake blue rose. And, uh, you know, Yumi, when she sees this hobby of hers, which seems innocent enough, I suppose, outside of being a little creepy, says, oh, you know, but isn't it dead now? And she's like, no, it's not dead, it's preserved. Now it can live forever. And that's kind of what she's doing with the, the people. She's kind of killing people and preserving them because to her, that's keeping them alive. All of this, though, is just, for the most part, really kind of dull. There's a couple of good shots. There's a couple of good, nice, creepy moments where she's, like, standing there and she's got, like, a knife or... Uh, it plays with colours well enough in the visuals. So, I mean, I can't deny that side of it too much. But ultimately, it just never really is all that exciting. And... You know, we, we just kind of randomly find the little sister. The, the little sister's been missing for like half an hour by this point. And we just kind of run into her in like the basement area where this is where a lot of the killing stuff happens. So, and, and there's a whole sequence where Yumi has to fight back and there's a, you know, eventually 
the, the one supernatural thing that happens towards the end is that some spiritual help happens. Uh, presumably the, the ghost of the mother moves this like a uh, like dolphin metal clip thing that ultimately Yumi uses to stab uh, the auntie in the head to save herself because she's being strangled and she's reaching for some weapons and she can't quite do it, she's going to die. But then this one stabbing item, you know, just moves towards her. There's a ghost helping her out a little bit. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of typical. There's nothing really super original about anything that this does or, ha- or you know, it's not, it's not particularly exciting. There's some story ramifications, of course. The idea that Yumi was going to just dump this sister onto this woman uh, without care shows the kind of mistake that, you know, the gargantuan mistake she was going to make. But one of the reasons why she was going to do that uh, with her specifically is because she said that when she was younger that Auntie was kind of a mother figure to her. So she liked her more than her own mother. And that was kind of a... And there's like a weird flashback at one point where she walks in on her mother, I think, cheating on her dad with some other guy. Um, I think that's what that scene was. I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely sure. Uh, assuming her mother was a maid who worked at the hotel at one point. Um, it was kind of hard to tell. And I, I think that's maybe one of the the bigger critiques of the movie, is that I, I, I never felt like it was... Like, you got the gist of what it was doing at any given point, but there was a couple of weird moments like that where it wasn't entirely clear what it was telling us, what the information was. Um, so yeah, it's kind of mediocre overall, uh, I have to say. Uh, it's not it's not the worst thing ever, but it is kind of dull. And sadly, I think objectively, it's probably a better movie than Blood Vessel. Like it's it's you know it's it's aiming higher, it's trying better, it's got better technical qualities. It's not got bad CG or anything like that. It's not as cheesy. But sadly, I actually think Blood Vessel was a better watch because it was doing silly things, and at least there was some stuff to laugh at. There's nothing like that in this. It, it's it's that annoying middle ground where. It's trying to be a good movie, and it's just kind of failing a little bit. And because of that, it's it's tougher to watch. It's just kind of dull. And sadly, that's kind of a bigger crime in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's some things I've got. I mean, obviously, I've glossed over some stuff, but I don't think it's that interesting. There's, there's there's a police character who investigates things. He he amounts to nothing. He 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 suspects the main character is responsible for the missing uh, girl at one point, but then he gets stabbed by the auntie in the neck and it's fine whatever he's gone there's not a whole lot to it uh in that side of things um so yeah that's pretty much me i, I don't think i've got much more to add about this one it's it's kind of a dull slog uh it looks pretty at times it feels relatively confident in the direction but it, it just it falls into some tropes it it doesn't have enough going on it doesn't engage the characters with the audience enough to really care about anything that's happening and the central mystery which, of course, is that, you know, Auntie's a killer, she killed her mum, and, um, yeah, there you go, that's lingering, not that good, I don't recommend it, skip it, basically, um, but there you go, uh, so thank you for hopefully enjoying my rambles on this, uh, Shutter Exclusive, there should be another one next week. Um, but yes, uh, like, subscribe, go to patreon.com slash TV. all the stuff that I said earlier, all the ways you can support the show and the channel and everything we do here and keep all the content coming. Uh, catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for updates to your Screams After Midnight content 
Uh, but otherwise, that is me. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.